Another episode of Bram Radio. What number is this, Zach? Number nine, episode number nine. Today's guest, I'm going to tell you guys about him first. Really good friend of mine. Very well known in the fight world. This guy, to give you an idea as to kind of what, what level this guy this guy plays at, uh, during COVID, we were uh, told to not train. But, of course, me and rules don't always agree. So, uh, um we had a we had quite the stable over at the garage of these absolute meat eaters that would come over and uh, help train the junior rank in Bramstead, and the leader of the pack, of course, was our guest today, who would disappear on a Thursday and not be there on a Friday. Saturday night, we're watching fight. Uh, the uh, the fights and you're you're actually at Fight Island, which was fantastic. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's what is Ricky doing? And then Tuesday, there you are, back on the mats with us, the youngest in North America to ever get his uh Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt at 19 under Pedro Sauer, and then went on to wrestle D1, which that's a fantastic story in itself. Also a judo black belt and has trained a lot of the MMA fighters that you may have seen on on uh, UFC or, and some of the other uh, some of the other fight promotions that are out there. But I want to welcome my friend, Mr. Ricky Lundell. Thanks for being here, man. Bram, thanks for having me yeah. on the podcast. I'm excited that you got this going, and, and I'm, I'm honored to even be asked to. Dude, I'm so stoked that you're here right now. It's like we were talking, and you're just like, oh, it's been like two years since I've done a podcast. I'm like, really? It's been a while. Two years since you've done since you've done a podcast. It's like right now, podcasts are kind of like Starbucks. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> popular now. It's like a, uh, what, I walked down the street, and it's not like, oh, man, uh, so... How was your How was your trip over? How was your walk over here? It's how many Starbucks did you stop at on your way over here? You know, Starbucks or more Starbucks and gas stations. Now nowadays, you have to be very selective with the podcast. You jump on who you want to who you want to work with, and yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I'd, and and it's the the thing about podcasts is like you have to have a you have to have a reason to do it. You don't want to just do a pod, if you do if you're doing a podcast just so you can listen to yourself bloviate. And I know some of those guys that do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it, that's one thing. But if you're trying to get something done, um, those are the guys I like to I got like to align with. You know, they're 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 awesome. Uh, fortunately, for me, um, I'm trying to get something done over here. You know, this thing, brand radio podcast. I mean, really, here we're just we're here for for dudes because there are so many guys out there that are just struggling right now. You know, they're trying to figure out they're operating in a position of fear. They are trying to figure out how they're going to get by tomorrow. They're trying to figure out what's happening with the world issues and how it's going to affect their family, their jobs, their their relationships, their wife, their kids, and what can they do to uh, better manage maybe their time, their mm-hmm. health, their finances, their households, their jobs, their futures. How can I best manage the things that are going on in my head and in my heart so that I can be the best version of myself going forward? That's what this podcast is is about. But my reason for having you here is completely selfish. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely go through whatever you want to go through. I mean, hopefully, I can I can be a benefit to these guys out there. I want to hear. I just want to hear stories, man. I want to hear stories. 
you told me an amazing story once that that uh, I want to that I would I would love for you to, to to tell again. And it's how you got how you became a D one wrestler. Oh man, how I became a D one wrestler! Yeah, big shout out to uh, my coaches, San- Sanderson Wrestling. Uh, yes, they're they're the top. Yeah, Kale, Kale, Kale Sanderson, Kyler Sanderson, Cody Sanderson. All, all of them are incredible. Steve Sanderson, the dad, obviously, and Debbie, his wife, they've uh, really changed the sport of wrestling across the entire nation. And and uh, everybody now say, sees Penn State for what it is. But I I was blessed enough to come up in a time before it was Penn State, when it was Iowa State, and how, how Iowa was really controlling everything in the wrestling world. And uh, the Sandersons came in, and they took a new approach to how it was going to be done. Uh, they brought in Casey Cunningham. And built the dynasty that is today. And before all of that ever happened, going back to your question and 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 aligning myself with with that that topic, I um, I was doing jujitsu all the time, and um, that was I was with Pedro Sauer, who was legendary. He he of course is under Hicks and Gracie, who's under Alio Gracie. So that's my lineage. How yeah. far? How how young were you when you started jujitsu? I started in '92 with Pedro Sauer, and I was uh, his sixth student, me and my brother, coming into that. And um, I was six years old at the time. And his daughters, Priscilla and Thaisa, were our training partners. And so we came up right right with him. Now, Pedro ended up having six daughters, and uh, I was with Pedro the entire time, so I kind of filled, filled in in that spot growing up underneath him. And seeing his daughters grow up underneath him, but then coming into my teenage years and 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 just moving and grooving. I'm I'm thinking about trying to put it in perspective for how long it is that you've been training. So in what was I doing in 1992? I was I was in buds. Wow. In 1992. Wow. I was in seal training. That's uh that's so for me that so I I look at how long I've been doing this this game you know yes i mean i'm not it anymore but how long i've been affiliated or associated with you know that whole 30 how long 31 year has how long you've been training no okay well no wonder okay yeah it's been a long time it's yeah been a long time yeah yeah yeah. similar i've tangled with you i know i know what a handful you are on the mats and how effortlessly you just run me over it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty well amazing. it's the moves not the man you know I just yeah. try to stick with the moves that work, and that helps. Yeah, I'll just never forget he uh, he he had me in mount, and look literally in in mount, and effortly is just holding me there, and he's not even using his hands; he's just like on the on the mat, just posting different. And like, what is he doing? He's not advancing. He's kind of looking over his shoulder. Yeah, the boys were stacking up behind him, and this was when they ambushed me on my birthday. It was a birthday. It was a b- birthday hazing as well. Obviously, I didn't know what was going on. I was busy. Of you did. I was busy rolling. No, no. <laughs> that ended with a lot of duct tape and laughs and smiles. And we had a good time. It was, that was, that was, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you had a blast. Yeah. We did. We had a good time. Uh, going back to the wrestling question, I, yeah. my mother, actually, UVU had just started a, a wrestling program. I was about 15 at the time. And my mother was like, hey, you know, wrestling and jujitsu, they look like they work together. They look like they're very similar. And there were wrestlers at our gym that were tough, and we were learning some moves here and there. But but jujitsu reigned supreme at the time. Like, if you were really looking at it, we're talking 2000 jujitsu, 
and wrestlers, they didn't really get along the way that they are nowadays, how they're talking about it now. And so my mother said, hey, you know, you should go talk to this guy, Cody Sanderson. And uh, he's the coach and, you know, maybe try to wrestle for him. And I was like, I don't want to do that. You know, I was already not about it. I was already doing jujitsu and like these guys don't know how to do a triangle. What is there to learn? Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, you should go check it out. I think you'd like it. So I, so I took my mom's advice, went over to the wrestling coach and I, I walked in, I said, Hey, hi, I'm Ricky Lundell. I'd, I'd be interested in doing some wrestling with you. And if you don't know who Cody Sanderson is now, he's the associate head coach of Penn State University. And over the last 12 years, they've won 10 NCAA titles. It might be 11. I'm not exactly sure. There's a legacy there. It's over 10. Yeah. that's You know, <laughs> and um, so he's he's a big deal. And he was at UVU, which was the school I was at, which is Utah Valley University. Yeah. And I walked in and I said, hey, I'd like to wrestle for you. And he was like, what are you, like a fighter? And you got her. You got it. I was 15 at the time. I started college when I was 15. Uh, my mom helped me get in, and and I tested right into college classes. I decided to slide in there and get to work. And so a 15 year old kid walks into your wrestling zone and says, "Hey, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to wrestle." He goes, "Are you? What are you like? A, some kind of fighter?" I was like, Ab "Actually, yes. Like I am some kind of fighter. We do like dojo stomps and ballet tudo. We like go around and like we do enjoy fighting. I enjoy that, and that's what we do." And he was like, no, you can't, can't wrestle for me. And I was like, well, can I, can I try out? And he was like, no. And I was like, can I come watch practice or something? He's like, no, no, you can't. no. It's a hard no across the board. Yeah. Across the board. You're out, man. So then I was like, man, that was, that was lame. So I came back to asked again. It's like, no. So then I was like, see mom, these wrestler dudes, you know? And so then I was like, I had kind of had a chip on my shoulder after that. I was like, well, I'll watch this. I'm going to go learn how to wrestle. So I went and found this coach to come and work with me. And I was giving, trading him lessons. I, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to wrestle. So fast forward two or three years, we're in 2007 and the world team trials has come around and, and, uh, it was a grappling world team trials under FILA, which is now UWW and FILA meant it was under the Olympic committee. And they were going to go, hey, we're going to try to make the Olympics happen for grappling. So jujitsu, sambo, wrestling, whatever it is you do, your job is to tap somebody out. That's your job. And we're going we're gonna to bring in the best, and we just want to see who can grapple who the best. And so at that time, all the jujitsu guys were like, man, I'm going to get involved in this. Like the Jeff Glovers got involved. The, every, everybody was involved. Like everybody was involved and then they decided to quit getting involved when they realized only one person could be a national champion and only one person could be a world champion. And then, unlike the way jiu-jitsu normally is, there's like- They heard about that and they were like, I'm going back to IBJJF. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's weight classes, age, it's, there's- That's right. Belt, belt levels. Yeah, it, it, and the nationals, when, when I was in there, like Jeff Monson was on my- team right like he's the world team member and he won Abu Dhabi lots of times you can see him if you go back in time he was the Abu Dhabi champion like so that's just to win the national title you gotta you gotta get through this guy which is how it works in every country across the board I mean we can go into that forever because the more I hear about these world champions that are running around in an open division where I can just sign up it makes me laugh yeah it's like I asked you once too I said you're like you won some world champions, right? World championships, and you're like, 
yeah, but let's let's talk about Jiu-Jitsu World Championship. And as soon as you said that, I was like, got it. Yeah. Got it. I know exactly what you're talking about. 2007, 2008, that's, that's yep. a world championship. The other so, ones are opens. So there could only be... There could be only one. That's right. Yeah. That's right. There's five... It's a reckoning. Five weight categories. And when you get there, you're going to fight Iran. You're going to fight Russia. You're going to fight... You're going to fight countries. Yeah. And so when, when anybody says, hey, you know, I went to the world championships, you're kind of like, so what countries did you face? Because if you only faced San Diego, L.A., and a Brazilian, yeah, then you weren't there. That might be a Pan American, maybe, but not really. Right. Yeah. So going back, I, I made it to this championship, and then I progressed through the finals. And at that time, the freestyle world team trials were happening at the exact same time. And so I made it to the finals. And as I was going out for the finals, I'm walking by, and there's Cody Sanderson and Kale Sanderson. And I was like, hey, Cody, how's it going? You know, I'm like, I, I don't know if you remember me. And he was like, and we're really close. We're good friends now. Yeah, like, yeah. Phenomenal friends. They've done so much for me in my life. And and I said, you know, hey, I'm going to be in the finals in a few minutes if you guys want to stick around and watch it. So they did. They stuck around and watched. I came off and I just, you know, I'm big fans of theirs. And I just was like, hey, how's it going? You know, this is, I, I luckily won the event. And they said, hey, do you want to come wrestle at Iowa State? And I was like, yeah, I would like to come wrestle at Iowa State. And for those who don't know, Iowa State, is it's a legacy program. Yeah, That program's been around for 100 years. And it's mm-hmm. produced, it's, pro, it's the one that produced Dan Gable. It produced Cale Sanderson, who was undefeated. It's the program that produced a lot. And so I, that's, that's my story. That's how I got to Iowa State, and I ended up wrestling for for a guy who said right off the bat, no, I had no direction on getting there. And then later we became closer than ever. And I probably never would have stepped into wrestling as hard had I not been told no. Yeah. I met this guy once who was, uh, I won't say his name because uh, I think everybody in the music industry probably knows who he is. Yeah. But uh, I asked him once, I said, did, did you ever, did you ever uh, pass on an artist that you should have picked up. Mm. And he said, yes, one time these guys walked into my walked into my office. They said, hey, we want to play our demo tape for you. And so they started playing, and the, the song they played was a song called Little Runaway. And that band was Bon Jovi. And he said, you guys aren't ready. And they were like, okay. They left. They went down the street and went to like whatever record company that end up signing them and they play that for them they're like we love it yes sign them now do it and i don't know if that's exactly how it went but the first guy is the guy i asked if you ever passed on somebody yeah and, and he's like i get asked that question all the time and it just pains me every time i have to bring it up but for you to tell that story it's like a like um cody right was it cody cody, cody was the, he said no but he got another shot we got together yeah he got another shot. Which I truly think it's divine how it, how it came back together. Yeah. Nobody else could have coached me the same way. Yeah. Since then, so you have kind of risen in, in uh, I guess, in, uh, in, in the fight world. You've mm-hmm. done some pretty pretty awesome stuff. And some of the people that you've trained, like you've, you've trained uh, Rank Mir, um, Carlos, right? Yeah, Carlos Condit. And... Um, Who's that? The young lady that you coached, and she she beat Amanda Nunez. 
uh, um, where we watched that fight together. You and I did in Coronado. Yeah. Oh, uh, so I was on Tufts 17 and 18 with Jones yeah. and then Misha Tate. And that, that was Juliana Pena. Pena. Yeah. She was, um, she was one of our athletes on the, the ultimate fighter. And we've, yeah, I've been really blessed to coach a lot of these people. Yeah. And what really happened there was there was a huge, there's, there's still a huge crossover gap between jujitsu and wrestling. And, um, even a lot of people are trying to branch into judo and talk about judo right now. Um, but I think they really should stick with wrestling a little bit longer. It's only been a couple of years that they've realized that they need to step in there. But there was a, there was a massive gap in the connection of those areas. And there still is like the guys that I see online that are the predominant experts, they're missing a lot right now on how it, how it works and how it all ties together. Um, but you see, as you, as you stepped in, nobody knew how to do it. And I just kind of fell into the right spot. And then people who saw that they, they wanted to get involved and go, man, how do I connect my jujitsu to my wrestling as seamlessly as possible? Mm. And uh, that's how I slid into that spot with the UFC. Because mm. I asked you once too, I was like, "Did you ever consider being a UFC fighter?" And you're like, "Yeah," but the answer was no. You know, the way you described described and told the story, I mean, I think that the way it has worked out for you couldn't have worked out any better. But you ever go back and think of like, I think I could have done. I think I, I think I could have. I think I could have. I think I could have a belt right now if I did. Do you ever think think about that stuff? You know, I you never know unless you step in there and do it that way. But I do believe I do believe that I could have fared well in there. Uh, but I was really meant to coach at that level, mm -hmm. and uh, really meant to push to push athletes to another spot. And and I think I knew that once I once I won my world titles, then I was pretty fulfilled in that yeah in that spot yeah you're kind of in that nothing to prove lane yeah it's you know there's nothing more right there uh and helping others on their journey i mean you, you come to find out like the more that you you get involved and you're doing stuff the more that you help others on their journey it it fulfills you a lot more than just yeah. fighting for your own journey which which is what i would tell any man out there getting after it like trying to figure out what to do it's like it's like man just start Take what you know, start coaching people, and before you know it, you get a lot better. When you give, you receive, and you'll get farther whatever you're doing by giving. Yeah. There's probably a lot of people watching this podcast that have always thought, like, I would like to really get into – Zach and I always talk about that because I always tell Zach, I'm like, because that dude is an athlete. Is he like, an athlete? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was, in the, he was a – he's a – look at his rocket, his intentional dad bod right now. Mm -hmm. But he but, but he was a, a circus performer. You guys, he was juggling, like, his – his facial awareness <laughs> off the charts, like I mean, is gymnastics and acrobatics, and it's I mean he's at Acrozac for a reason, <laughs> you know, right? Guys like that excel so fast because they're they don't they they don't have to really think about what their body is doing; they can just do it. You know, you they they pick things up so fast. I'm always telling them like, dude, you need to get on the mat, dude. You would be but. Phenomenal. It's it's so good. It's so good for the mind and it's so good for the body. And it develops the warrior spirit. It's something you can keep with you no matter what age you are. You can start it at any age and you can keep it with you your whole life. And that's a special thing. Yeah. Unlike like a Usain Bolt. There's gonna come a day where he will not be able to sprint. Helio Gracie, he was on the mats 
like his entire life. You yeah, know? and there's a social aspect that you always get to keep. Yeah. But there's some intangibles inside of jujitsu and wrestling that that are different than anything else. It's there's a when when two warriors come together and they start facing each other and they start connecting, you have an energetic exchange that can't be seen. But it is happening. Um, same way if you take if you take five people, stick them in a room at a at a table and they start to communicate back and forth, emotionally everybody kind of finds a homeostasis together. And when they find that homeostasis, they can communicate with emotional intelligence back and forth to one another. And they're all downloading that information at the exact same time. As we're all sitting here, like our bodies are crazy antennas and we're downloading a crazy amount of information Mm. from one another. And it gets even more when you take a really healthy warrior. Same thing with a toxic warrior. But you take a really healthy warrior and you bring him in and you bring them in somebody else who hasn't learned yet, and they connect with that person, and they start touching and pushing and pulling, and they start downloading information from one another very quickly, and they they start to uh, find a homeostasis. Then they branch off and go find another warrior, and they start finding homeostasis. And before you know it, that person that you met that has never trained before, they're changing very quickly inside of the mat room. And that's something that you just don't get in other areas. Uh, I was, me and my wife, uh, we were, we were speaking with Rodney Mullen, who's top world skateboarder. I'm, if you look him up, he has incredible TED talks, incredible discussions. This guy is a stud across the board. And we were discussing what flow state is like on a skateboard. And he asked me, well, what's it like in jujitsu and wrestling? What does that feel like? And I, and I was explaining the energetic exchange and he said, you know, what we get in ours is, is very different. And it made me want to look at skateboarding, but he said we don't get that energetic exchange between warriors. Like, you don't get that connection. Yeah. It's very it's very powerful. I was talking with, uh, I think it was Morgan. Morgan and I were talking about it. You know, amazing dude. Amazing man. Yeah. Morgan Walker. Morgan Walker. We were talking, having a having a conversation about and, and you know it's like with him it's like his brain is so big so it's like you, you got to pick your topics with him because he when he starts when he gets going there's there's you're you get you have to you have to have, you're gonna be on your toes to keep up with his conversation yeah know what you're talking about yeah know what you're talking about with him or he's gonna know it and he's gonna call you out that's mm-hmm. how morgan rolls but we're having a conversation about about jujitsu and this is probably oof, i'd say five years six years ago when i first started training and he said you know when you when you get on the mats you gotta you gotta be be careful who you train with yes and uh he's like he goes it's okay to say no to train with certain people he's like if if they're coming towards you and they're saying hey let's 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 train but there is just something about them and you're getting the you're getting the to quote uh uh uh, my buddy Jericho, he's, he's like, I got the body nose. <laughs> he gets out of skydiving. He goes, they're coming towards you, and there's something about them that doesn't seem right. He's like, as a someone in training, just starting, he's like, it's okay to say no. He's like, you don't have to say yes to every single match. He goes because some guys are out there and they they they'll have, they'll have bad intentions. They aren't they aren't in here in a healthy state of mind. So when you said that there is this constant exchange, I completely get that. Now I've never had that experience. You will. You've been you know? having it. 
Oh, no, no, no. I'm not talking about, I didn't have that experience as a white belt where I had to say no to somebody because I was around such amazing dudes. <laughs> yeah, it, it helps. You had quite the team. Yeah, there. You did. You had quite the team. Yeah, Craig, uh, Craig Baker, morning crew. Craig Baker is a phenomenal coach. Guys, phenomenal man. Yeah. Yeah, you, you get those guys, the the Craigs, the Jimmies, the the, uh, yeah. the Walkers. I mean, we had Marin. We had a lot of Alex Marin, yeah. A lot of talented men around there. Yep. Helping develop. And and when you when you're working at that level, you're getting an energetic exchange with those guys. Yes. And going back to the saying no, I think that is very important because if you have so when you take on if we had ten really healthy warriors in a room. And then we brought in one guy who was really struggling in life. It, he's having all kinds of problems. Could be anything going on in his life. And it really comes down to like a kind of a, a spiritual off balance. When he comes in and he, he rolls with you first, there's an energetic exchange that takes place. You guys are working. He's feeling what, what pushing and pulling feels like and angles feel like. But he also feels what's, what's fair and safe aggression, when, it's, when to pull off. You know, all of these things are occurring in microseconds. Yep. And when you two stop, there'll be a homeostasis, and you're able to go grab another healthy warrior and heal up real quick, like very fast. And he goes on to somebody else, and he gets an energetic exchange, and it happens quick. And before you know it, he's getting really healthy really fast. Now, if you flip-flop that, and you're a healthy warrior, and you walk into a space of guys that aren't doing so well, there's seven of them versus two healthy warriors that walk in. You're now losing energy, losing energy, losing energy to each one of these guys. And it's not necessarily physical where they were trying to hurt you, but you have to recover later on an, on an emotional level, on a uh, spiritual level. And it's not in your best interest to be in spaces that do that. So if you have toxic training partners, you do have to separate yourself from them yeah. and say no. Yeah. But it is going on. It's just not being talked about enough. Right. You know, it is happening. Um, do you remember Junior? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The dude's a killer, right? Killer. Leg lock, man. And, yeah, and his stand-up game is... Scary. Is insanely good. And it's like, I don't know how he... I mean, I was like, you should have been a fighter. You would have been You would have been really good at it. But he and I were talking. It was about something uh, similar to that as well. Like Morgan said, more, you know, Morgan said, you don't have to say yes to everybody. There's going to be somebody at some point where you're you're going to be like, I don't, I'm not feeling this, man. I just don't want to. That probably didn't happen for me um, ever. Like I just, I've just always just. Uh, well, you're a people person. You you mold with. I see you mold yeah. with so many people. I could just. I, I mean that that I'm not really a, afraid of anything that somebody's gonna somebody's gonna hurt me or injure me. You know, cool. I'll just stop. Right. I, like I'm not here to get hurt. I'm here to learn. Right. Right. And that's the part that uh, that Junior said. Junior was just like, yeah, you know, because he and I were talking about what 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 Morgan said, and and he just said, you know, you don't have to, you you can do around, you just you just have quick, he goes, you don't have to sit there and get injured either. That's right. And uh, and he said that because uh, I held on to stuff a little bit too long, you know, and I was going a little long before tapping, and uh, and he was just like, you know, you can you can tap, and it's not going to hurt as bad. You can let it go. Yeah, <laughs> just like fantastic. Tap often, yeah. Tap early, yeah. Because you're trained forever. You're 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 fifty soon. Why don't you why don't you go ahead and you know preserve your joints? Yeah, you just give me a hard time about it. But when you when you're talking about that 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 energy exchange, 
that reminds me of when when men are alone mm-hmm. and they don't have a they don't have uh in an, an outlet and then they end up they end up in a place where they're it's just it's just it's it's dark and it's and then they they find something they find jujitsu they find a, a sport pick a pick a sport any sport and then they're around those people those kinds of those kind of people not different sports are gonna have different types of things but there's something about when you you know it's like it's like uh, the first time i locked up with you the first time it's like like i was like oh man this is gonna be terrible it's like i could just feel it that 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 power and that that energy that's coming off of them it is so awesome when you have that type of exchange with awesome dudes and healthy people who and especially people that you that you that you love that you would just you'd die for there's something about that because there's not a lot of guys out there that are finding those types of outlets for what they're doing. You were mentioning something. You were, you were talking about something that I want to that I want to bring up. That you're more interested in than you're more interested in the man than you are the ability Absolutely. of the man. Absolutely, like the ability can happen. I'm more interested in the man. Uh, what what are you bringing on the mats today? And that's something that I see in our that where, you know, where I train quite a bit. It's like you're rolling with somebody. This would always happen when I'm rolling with Jimmy May. Is I could always know what where his head's at. If his 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 head's not in the game, I can tell. I'm like one hundred percent. You okay? What's going on in your life? And he t- he'll tell you. You know, it's like because we're boys. It's like rolling with you. You know, so you're gonna know right away if something's not on my game because you know how I trained. And you would say, "What's going on, man? Where are you at?" Because you're not here. Where are you at? Talk to me. There's so many hard conversations that have happened on the mats. And these are the quality men. Quality. You know, oh, yeah. But then you get the new guy that comes on the mats. And this happened to me, I don't know how many times, where I've just said, buddy, you okay? And I'm talking to a broken man mm-hmm. whose wife just left him. Maybe is he has a, he has a, a, a young child that just has some uh, health conditions or something happened with him. I mean, all these variants of things that I've heard on the mats and and he's getting a chance to talk about it and I said dude hey let's go to the other mat let's go across the hall and we go sit down in the middle of the mat some dude I don't even know and he is spilling his guts to me and I get to sit there and, and I just listen and there was this one guy that did that once and I just said hey man can I, can I pray for you yeah and he, he was like he was like a dry sponge if I drop a dry sponge on here it'll bounce and you know but it's he was like a dry sponge, and I took a medicine dropper and put a drop of water, and he was just like, yes. Yes. He was an absolute smashed-up, broken man, and he said, you know, and, and he was a believer. And he said, you know, I honestly think that, because I wasn't going to come and train today. Today is my third day on the mats. It was my first time meeting him. I'd never, I'd seen him there before, but this was my first time seeing, like, actually talking to him. So when you said that earlier, I started thinking about all those times that I had to be able to, and my thing is coaching, I love to coach people through life done. Mm-hmm. So when you said that earlier, can you, I want you to, I want you to run the, run that back and say that again as much best you can, because it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'll try to, I'll try to get there. You know, I think what happens when these men come on the mat and they, they start to expose who they are and you start to peel back that onion, when you start to go against somebody like that they're already 
they're already ready to like see where they're at. How do I mix up against Bram right now? And then you start to crack through and find the truth of who he really is in this moment. And that could be, you know, you're, you're trying to pass his guard and he decides to lay back and retreat in that position. You're finding him right now. And then you start to come around and he tries to reach over, get a Kimura, and when he loses it, he starts to tuck in or maybe he extends out. Whatever those are, those are all behaviors of his actual personality and his attitude and where he is right now in the moment. And you're finding that through this downloaded communication as you're moving with him. And so when he all of a sudden, you crack through those zones and you find him and you maybe submit him or control him, whatever you do, and he turns to you and he goes, man, I'm, I'm having a hard time. That's because you found the truth. Like you got in there and you found who he really is rather than who maybe he wanted you to see or what those, what those things occur like. And earlier off camera when we were discussing you know what what i'm looking for in in an athlete or what i'm looking for in a training partner um i'm really looking for somebody who's developing and they don't have to have it all together but i'm looking for a man with character i'm looking for a man who he he's got his life moving and he's putting it together if it's not all the way together he's working on putting it together you know he's trying to get one percent better every day and that's what he's doing and when you find that, it's really easy to teach somebody. Yeah. Like, it, so many guys are looking for a man that he's, you know, he's super talented. You see how slick he is at, like, spinning into the leg locks and sp- spinning into the arm locks and coming around and getting the back. And then, meanwhile, I saw that guy, like, five minutes ago outside drop a wrapper out of his car and not pick it up and throw it in the trash. He saw it, he knew what happened, and he didn't do it. What, is it, what does that say about that man? When I put him under pressure... Is he lazy? Does he not care about other things? You know, he he caused some, something to happen, and he's not taking any accountability, even though it's just a rapper at a small level. But when we get down to it, he has something missing. So when we get to the championship, he's not going to have it. It's not that I'm looking for him to do something right. It's just I know he's a shortcut guy. I know he's lazy. I know he won't do it. And you're looking for guys that they might not have it all together, but hey, man, you pick up that rapper and they start doing it. And they go the long way and they go the hard way. And when people do that and their character's in line, the moves are easy. It comes really easy. You should be looking for guys who are strong family men, guys who who care. They're trying to do something better in the world, trying to develop other things. That guy, I can teach him really fast. Technique is like, that's not even a problem. Right. That's the easiest part. But these other guys that are, they're taking the shortcuts and then they want to be the man, they're, it's, it's sad to watch it keep happening, but they're just kidding themselves. Because all of these things, wrestling, jujitsu, judo, uh, all of these things, they're just a way to develop the man. That's what they're there for. Yeah. Yeah. Progress over perfection. Because perfection is nearly impossible to attain but but progress uh the one percent better you said one percent better i i believe that that that's the the truest form of of progress but that is something i've i've seen on a lot of your your merch by the way like uh mm-hmm. for those of you that that don't know mr lindell has his own line of merch that's one percent better every day 
Yes. I've seen, I saw Alex wearing it, Alex Marin wear it the other day. Um, um, and I've seen uh, some of the other kids that you've trained and stuff on your social media. I've seen some of those guys wearing some of your merch. It's it's awesome. And it speaks it speaks to exactly what you just said. Yeah, it's just a message to get out there and let people know how to be how to be consistent and how to get better. You know, now, you came to that through powerlifting, though, right? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was doing Olympic lifting, which is uh, snatch and clean. Mm-hmm. And what I I was like twenty nine years old, and I walked into this guy. His name is John Bros. He made Olympic lifters. I mean, he has had several Olympians and so many Pan American champions, and the guy's unbelievable. And you can look him up. Is uh, his his gym was called Average Bros, like uh, like Average Joe's gym, right? Yeah. So I showed up to this gym and I was like, hey, you know, I'd like to lift weights. You know, I'd like to get stronger. He's like, what are you what are you squatting right now? And I was like, like 275 for three. I was like 155 pounds. And uh, that was really all I had needed. And he was Where like, was this in your jujitsu jury? Way after, like way after. I was 29 years old here. So it was ah. post D1, post, post. I'd been with the UFC for like a decade at this point doing like uh, – helping develop fighters, trying to develop international fighters. Um, and uh, so so I talked to this guy and I said, I want to I lift a lot of weight. And he said, well, give me a number. Like, what do you want to lift? And so I decided to throw out, you know, a ridiculous number for myself. I said, well, like was. 500 pounds. I'd like, to, I'd like to squat 500 to the, to the bottom and all the way up. And he's like, oh, you better make a bigger goal than that, dude. And I was like, I like this guy. I like this guy right here. So I was like, well, I'll be here tomorrow. You know, let's rock and roll. So he, he basically said, listen, you need to squat all the time. And I was like, but it's all the time, like like a couple times a week, you know? He's like, no, like two times a day, once a day, every day, but do it. And so then I was like, man, okay, well, 500 pounds, 500 days, 1% better every day. That's how I'm going to get it done. I'm going to just squat every day for 500 days. And I, I wrote a book on it to explain the journey. It's like a rudimentary understanding of like squatting and like what can happen there and like what happens to you if you squat every single day and the mind, body, spirit that has to grow because your body can't do it, but you're supposed to, you have to squat to max, meaning you're, you're going to go until the bar drops off your back every day. And then you're going to do your sets after that. So John Bros was like, yeah, you're going to do it. Like, that's how it's going to go. And in between all that, I was still doing jujitsu, wrestling, training guys, yeah. traveling. And by the end of that thing, I hit for two weeks straight, I was doing over 600 pounds wow. on my squat. And, nice. And so you talk to all these people talking about period, periodization and how that works. But if you do something every day, like you pick up your child every day and he starts to get bigger, before you know it, even the... In the beginning, it was really heavy, but later it's not. And that 600 pounds, eventually it wasn't very heavy. Uh, and 500 was like, you're still in warm-up sets. Yeah. And I learned that through John Bros, but I had already understood it through combat sports. And I think you can apply it to anything in any space. And I think where people really mess up is you see it all the time with a runner. Like they're a guy, a guy or girl, they're overweight, they're having a hard time. They go, man, that's it. I'm sick of being this way. I'm going to change. They go outside, they get their running stuff on, they go buy all the gear, like everything. They got their backpack with the water coming out, and they're like, I'm going to get in shape. And they go on a run, and they go, I'm going to do what I did in high school. 
Now they run, 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 and then they can't move. He has shin splints. There's problems. They got plantar fasciitis. You can't get this guy moving anymore. And then he's like, I can't do it anymore. Well, what happened is instead of doing 1%, he went for like 2 to 100, whatever that number was. But at that 1% margin, if you stay in there and just get a little better, you can do it. Like, hey, dude, today, why don't you just walk to the mailbox and then go back in? And then tomorrow, why don't you walk to the mailbox and then the neighbor's house and then just go back in? Before you know it, you'll be going really far. And that's that's where I think most failure really occurs. Right. So your philosophy on coaching is Small. is is the is is the same way. I know that the times that you and I this is just when was the last time I saw you? I think it was at the on the mats three months ago. Sounds right. Maybe right. Yeah, and uh, maybe more. I think it might have been longer. I don't know, man. I'm such a bad judge of time. But anyway, but uh, we we did a round. We we just just flowing. Yeah, and uh, and I just it was. It was what are, what are we gonna do today? I have you? I definitely want to learn something, and and uh, and we just worked on something that was so simple, so foundational. I don't even know if I remember what it was, but it was like the the uh, somebody square the the like turn them turning them to a quarter, yeah, as far as you can. But you want to give them to a quarter and then push them. They're gonna give you that 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 lead leg. How to flank? Yeah, flanking a person. Yep. And it was, I cannot tell you, I use that. I use it every day. I'm on the every time I'm standing up. Isn't it so nice? I'm going to I'm going to use it. So every time, and then I always think every time I I have my my go tos, the things that you just do without even really thinking about. But everything that I have in in my arsenal has a foundation that's attached to a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's attached to a friend of mine mm-hmm. or somebody who took the time to teach me something. Yes. So I have There's almost nostalgia to it. It is. So everything that I do, you know, except for the north south joke, I happen on that one by myself on accident, and it just happens to be my favorite sub. But it's yours. Yeah, yeah it is. It's mine. And I have. But it, and then along the line, people, I actually, I actually asked someone, I asked Morgan, I'm like, is that a thing? He goes, yeah, it's called north south joke. It's a thing, dude. You're like, so well, you, good. It's my thing too. Can you, can you show me how to do it? And he, and he did. So now I think about Morgan every time that happens. So all these different aspects of my game are attached to people, they're attached to relationships, yes. and they're all such fond memories. And even finding, for me, finding jujitsu is just, I just knew I had to do something after I had this big, massive liver surgery. I go to the gym. I'm in, I'm in. I'm, this is a crazy story. Boxing. Amazing story. Oh, the How I Fought Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm, I had I went through three months of nothing. I couldn't even move. I was just I couldn't pick up anything heavier than ten pounds for three months. Day one, back. I'm in there. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> just throwing hands, just getting it as fast as, I, as hard as I can. And I was so tired. I'm mouth breathing. I am. I'm holding the water fountain up, basically just inhaling as much water as I can. And we talked about this. I hate drinking water. Yeah. I have to drink something besides water. Water has to have something like lemon in it or something. I just... it, it had your sweat and a penny taste yes. from your yes. lungs. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, Jimmy May's coming down the stairs, and he was like, hey, dude, what's going on? I'm like, oh, what, are you, what are you doing? He's like, what are you doing? You look terrible. Are you okay? <laughs> I was like, I just boxing. He says, gloves. Somebody, 
And he was like, whatever, man. Hey, uh, the men train upstairs. And he just walked off. I'm like, well, I guess that's a gauntlet that just hit the ground. I will see you upstairs. I'm going to be there every morning. <laughs> the next day, I'm waiting at 6 a.m. for the gym to open. Because like, not only do I, gotta, do, do I have to do this, but I got to be there before him. Oh, yeah. And I got to leave after him. Like, oh, yeah. I have to one-up him all the time. That's how it is with the boys, right? You, you're always like, kind of like just that. We're checking where we're at. Yeah, we're pinging. And and uh, I got up there. I'm wearing a pair of gym shorts, and I got a regular T-shirt on, and it and it's been it's been go time ever since. It's the, from the moment I stepped foot on the mats, I'm like, ah, oh, this is where I need to be. This is where I need to be every day, big time. And it has absolutely changed the way I look at a lot of different a lot of different things. What do you think developed you the very most inside of the art? Um, I mean, I, you started at a great spot. You were with great guys. But what development do you think you found post, post doing all of the stuff that you've done in your life? Mm-hmm. What what developed you in that zone? You mean uh, it, like develop me personally or develop my game? Both, personally, personally for sure. Um, I think the biggest thing that I experienced it just developed like a uh, 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 personally like with my with is that I learned that you have to budget there is a budgetary system that you have to implement with your life you have to manage your time you have to manage your energy you have to manage your relationships you have to budget everything like that budget meaning give close attention to so in the teams we have this thing it's like a it's a uh it's, it's a attention to detail it's the little things that are going to kill you so let's pay attention to the little things as well as the big things. So I think that for me, it's just budgeting and paying attention to how I do, mm-hmm. right? How I'm doing whatever it is that I'm doing. I can, I can, uh, um, I can, let's see, uh, you use Kimura. So, you know, by the way, thanks for that. <laughs> of course, of course. Inside joke. But I can, I can, I can catch a Kimura. I can catch it, and I can la- be lazy about it. The guy's gonna get his arm back. The guy's gonna he's gonna turn. He's gonna what? Because I didn't I didn't properly lock him down. Mm-hmm. I didn't set him in one spot and put him in cement before I went and 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 do the move. Right? I didn't do those things because like you like you say earlier, it's like just being lazy, right? Yes, that has flown for me there is no more lazy it is you if if you're gonna do something it you you have to commit to it there's an intention yep if it's worth if it's worth fighting for it better be worth dying for if you're going to if you're going to if you're going to commit to a move if you're going to commit to an action you commit and there is no going back so the bible says it this way says let your yes be your yes and your no be your no I struggled with that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And there was something about jujitsu that made it so it was tangible for me to see that. Because if you are wishy-washy on the mats, you are going to get your ass run over. It's going to be a problem. It's going to be a bad one. So for me, it was about I had to I, I had to learn how to commit to things. Really commit. Here um, at, at, uh, at the uh, business that I own here... It's, it's the same thing. It's like, I, there are certain things I have to commit to and I have got to go 
full bore on and because you can't do it you can't do it halfway and so that has been the big the big thing for me and as, i think as far as my game goes the thing that that it's it's kind of along the same lines but i think that it's it's more about the relationships in the game for me yes if i had to go to another gym and do jujitsu there i'm not sure for me, it's 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 more about the clowns and the circus to use a Zachism, right? Zach's a great clown. He's a great clown. Mm-hmm. It's for me, it's more about the clowns and the circus. That's how I think about the SEAL teams mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. The connection. I, I love the men. I just love those guys, especially the ones that or are I'm super tight with. Um, but the actual institution of it all. I mean, I. I don't know. I was I was an E nothing, but I have my opinions, right? Of course. Yeah, of if course. If I went to another gym to train, um, another place away from my guys outside of the familiar, outside of the mats that I grew up on, outside of training with you and like, like hey, you can't train with Ricky, you can't train with Craig, you can't train with Morgan Jr., Jimmy, you can't train with the Wolfpack boys, you can't do any of that stuff. You got to go over there and you got to train with that stuff. It's gonna take me a minute because it's going to pull a lot of uh, it's gonna pull a lot of uh, energy out of me to go and commit to go do it. But that's where I have to draw on that commitment to go and do that thing because maybe it's something that happened that I have no control over, but I still know that I need jujitsu. Right. It's not like I'm going to be without relationships now because these are, have left me. It means that I have to commit to forming new relationships, absolutely, and paying attention to what's going on around me but my motivation's not going to be there. So I have to act outside and above my motivation to be able to get there so that I can be who I need to be for who I need to be it for. And it may be somebody I don't even know yet that's on that mat, and they might be uh, a very high-level black belt jiu-jitsu player, but me, you know, little junior me, you know, with with some uh, small belt on with, with uh with limited knowledge goes on to a mat but i bring in something to the table that he may benefit from that i have to bring with conviction with everything that i have otherwise i'm doing him a disservice yeah and it's all it's it is all relationships when you show up to that yeah i mean you know we we were talking earlier and you said uh you you asked something that was it was very important like what if you'd never trained before what would you do or like these men that don't know what to do how to go train mm-hmm. the hardest part is that first part where you were at the drinking fountain mm-hmm. you have your arms around it it hurts like you're you are gonna puke it's gonna happen it's gonna but happen. it's gonna feel good like you, you gotta let go let go a little bit and just walk in and if you do that you're gonna find people and then you gotta do what anybody does when you enter a room shake hands with everybody say hello just be super respectful. Hi, I'm so-and-so. I came in. This is my first day. Yeah. This is my second day. You know, be honest. Don't be that guy who trained four years and then say it's your first day or something and then right. jump in toe <laughs> folds. They're going to they're gonna not like you. Right. But you come in, you build relationships, and before you know it, that's your new wolf back. Like, it will happen. And there's, there's one thing that me and my wife, we talk about this all the time, and there's just good people everywhere. Despite what you see online or on the news or in these different spots, go outside for a second, meet somebody, and you'll see there are good people everywhere. They're good people on all mats, 
good people in all spaces. And when you when you open your heart up and you start trusting these people, it gets easy to find. It's easy to find them. Just know that not everybody is, when you show up there, they're not all built. That's why they're there. Mm-hmm. They're, all, they're all working on it, like you. That's why you're there. Right. That's why I'm there. What do you say about, um, so here's uh, females training. Yeah. Right? This is an interesting one. I think that that all women should have the basics and foundations on how to uh, get out from underneath somebody. That's, like, yeah, to I me, think, one of the most important things. I think, oh, I think everybody should have that. 100%. 100%. But... Uh, um, there's a, there's, there's for me to, like, I was watching you, um, with, uh, with one of the girls at the gym, she's older and watching you roll with her. I was like, that is the true mark of somebody who has, has really in, in doing well in this art is because he can, he can move around with somebody who's 50 pounds lighter than him let her work it was move escape position and then it was a, a, a position submission then escape position submission escape i mean it was like this awesome and she just fell right into it and and you guys were doing this awesome these these, these this awesome sequence and it looked like it was planned and we got done and i talked to her after that i'm like yeah how was that and she said that was probably the most incredible round. I was doing things that I didn't even know I knew how to do. Yes. And I said that's I said that's 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 Ricky for you. He will bring that out. And uh, and she's like I I didn't want that I didn't want that round to end. Well, what it's, you're doing, what you're trying to do, anytime you're you're getting with somebody, is you you're negotiating. That's what's happening there. Yeah. So like, if I take your wrist, that's the beginning of my negotiation. And then you will do something and I will accept or call it off. And we could reset or we could move farther down that path. And the more we negotiate, the more you get to know them. Yeah. And then if yeah. you're doing it well, you can get them to learn more about themselves than the negotiation going on. You you give them opportunities to develop and then keep giving them that opportunity. And every time they miss it, Make sure to try to be patient, sit there for long enough to try to show them, and then move on to something that was dangerous, something that they didn't like, and then you refine that opportunity again, and they go, man, you know, last time I was in there, I didn't like what happened. I'm going to try something different. And then you let them have success with it, and then you negotiate from there. If you do that enough times, man, people get good really fast. In five minutes, you can teach them more than they might learn in a year going yep. to just a class. Yeah. Question for you. How can people find you? Where are you at? Um, I'm on Instagram. You can hit me up there, Ricky Lundell, at Ricky Lundell. That's that's really the okay. easiest way to get me. Yeah, we're going to have um, a page on you on um, uh, bramradiopodcast.com. Everybody gets their own their own page. You made it. You made it. You got your own page on Bram Radio. That's what's up. So, um, um, so we'll be adding uh, links on how people can contact you, how they can find you. One uh, percent better every day. That's right. The book. Yep. Um, I might hit you up and see if we can put that in our merch. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so we'll uh, try to try to get some books. You guys got to check out that book. It will revolutionize the way that you look at the way that you are growing as a human, the way you're advancing as an athlete. It's got all the makings and all the all the fixes for everything that you would need for that. You need to pick up that book. Um, you have um, you have apparel as well. You have uh, you, you'll find it online. Yeah, find, find it online. Cool. And then um, and then. Um, and then Instagram. Uh, what's your website? Don't have one. Don't have one. Don't have okay. one. Okay. Well, you have a page That's right. on uh, Bram Radio Podcast. That's right. That's all right. <laughs> I try to stay a little less techie, so I need a tech master. To yeah. Yeah. That's what I have uh, these these guys for. They're my 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 nerds because uh, me by myself. Otherwise, mm-hmm. no go. No, I sit down and then do this, and then I go back to my office, and then I just leave it to Zach and then Sam to let them like, they, sort all the. They get it done. Yeah. Yep. So, anyway. Um, Ricky, I have had a blast with you. Thank you for coming and hanging out. I can't tell us. you how honored I am to be on this show. Thank you, man, for taking the time and just speaking with me and and going through. Dude, it. I'm I'm less honored. I think that that where you are going and the things that you're going to be up to, things that you're going to be doing, especially here coming up, because I know that off camera we have talked a little bit. Um, but I think that God's got great stuff for you, and I'm stoked for it. So, thank you, bro. All right, man. Ram Radio. Stay dangerous.